Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large, bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I am in conversation with someone who is here to talk about some of the better things that happened for Ohio State this past Saturday and unsurprisingly, they had very little to do with the football being played on the field. I am talking with sixth year Ohio State marching band member Parker Stevens. The former section leader of C-Row, Parker was able to return to the band for one final year after receiving an extra season of eligibility due to the pandemic in 2020. In our conversation, we discuss the thrills and emotions of the band's return to the horseshoe after a year away, the traditions and regiment of the best damn band in the land, and what the hell a flugelhorn is anyway. So, with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Parker Stevens. All right, Parker, I the, the first question I have to ask is, what were the emotions like the moments before you marched on to the ramp at Ohio Stadium for the first time in nearly two years uh, on Saturday pregame before Oregon? Um, it's really it's hard to describe. Um, I think that, you know, there's always like this electricity in Ohio Stadium before before the game starts. But this one was just different. Um, I saw a bunch of people tear up. I teared up a little bit myself uh, right before just knowing that we were back and that we had the chance to be with all the people again, with Buckeye nation again. And uh, it's, it was, it was like an Ohio state game day, but amplified by 10. If that, I didn't even think yeah, that was sure. possible, but yeah. <laughs> well, and a lot of people I don't think realize that even though the marching band was not with the team, was not in Ohio Stadium uh, last season, the band was together and they were performing each and every week uh, and doing shows. I think it was what Scarlet Saturday. Is that what it was called uh, last year or something like that? Um, and they were online. And and those were things that I watched pretty much every week, if not every week. But how did doing those shows differ from what you were used to doing in the stadium? I mean, I would imagine it was slightly different than, you know, a regular run through of a halftime show, but did it actually feel like you were doing what the marching band is normally known for doing? Um, it did in a way. Um, it was sort of abbreviated, of course. Um, I think we only ended up doing uh, three or four halftime shows. Um, but being there was, was like the, um, kind of continuity that we would expect from a normal season, just a lot less intense. Um, we had a lot, a lot more time to perfect things and make sure everything was right. Um, but on the flip side, it also, it wasn't quite the same energy and it wasn't quite as exciting to do the shows, but it was, it was pretty great to be able to still continue that. And so often we talk about in sports in general, but especially in college sports and especially in college football and especially at a place like Ohio State, how much the energy of the fans add to the home field advantage. And obviously we are normally talking about the actual teams themselves, but the band, whether it's the marching band or the athletic band or whatever different variations of the band there are, they go out and perform in a lot of different places. What is the added benefit 
from the band's perspective, from the music, from the marching to the performance that is added when there are actually 100,000 people in the stadium losing their absolute minds <laughs> when you are doing the ramp entrance or yeah. doing the beginning to Script Ohio or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it just pushes you to be your absolute best at every possible second. Um, I mean, because you kind of know when people are going to go crazy and you know when it's coming, like when when the drum major uh, touches the plume, when we finish Script Ohio and those moments, you just anticipate them like crazy and you just relish every second that you get to hear everyone just just screaming and just crazy for you, just going absolutely bonkers. So it's it's an amazing experience. And honestly, I, I can't imagine I can't imagine um, a better atmosphere. So this past week leading up to the game on Saturday, I'm sure was probably unlike anything that you've been through or the band's been through. Maybe it was similar to the first time you were uh, getting ready to to march for, you know, when you started your career with the band. But can you kind of take us through what that week was like as opposed to a, a normal game work or even a season opening normal game week? Was there anything different about the preparation for that show and for that game um, that kind of stood out for you? Um, I think that there was definitely a little bit of a sense of um, realizing what this excitement feels like again, um, because doing the shows, like you said, uh, during the past year, um, it was exciting, but the people and the atmosphere at Ohio state is unlike anything that I've ever experienced before. So even seeing like the tents go up over the week and everybody getting ready for game day around the stadium, um, you could just feel it. Like you could just feel like it was going to be a collective release, um, of the buildup of all the energy from the last year of just kind of sitting around and not being able to be there in the stadium with the team. Um, so that was kind of like slowly releasing throughout the week. And then on Saturday, it was just, a f it was phenomenal energy. I can't really describe. It was just amazing. What about the preparation? Was how the band approached this week different than they would for a normal season opener or just a normal game at the horseshoe? Um, I would say it was about the same. Um, we kind of have, we have a very structured schedule uh, that we follow, especially for game week um, in terms of, uh, when we do full run throughs of the show and things. So I would say it was about normal. Um, it just took a little, um, took a little getting used to what it was like to have the intensity of a game week coming up. So I have to ask this question because even though I am an arts person in general, I am not necessarily a deep musical person. And I would imagine that if I don't know the answer to this question. A lot of other people who are listening do not either. You are a, a flugelhorn player. Yes. What, what is a flugelhorn? So um, it's essentially, um, it's in the trumpet family. Um, so I have been a trumpet player my entire life. Um, and I tried out on trumpet. Um, it's slightly lower pitched and it has a bit richer tone. Um, but it's the same key. So you play the notes the exact same way. Um, and yeah, it's essentially, it's a simple, essentially a lower pitched trumpet. So if people are watching either in the shoe or on TV, is there a way to visually differentiate the flugelhorns from the trumpets or do you just have to know by sound or anything like that? Um, I mean, they, they look a little different. I don't know if you'd really be able to tell the difference, honestly. 
Fair, um, fair. They're, they're slightly bigger. Um, and there are melophones as well that are bigger than us. Oh, now so, you're making, now you're making it yeah. really confusing, Parker. <laughs> it's like a really, it's like a really rare instrument. So it'd be very difficult, I think, to figure out which one. Okay. Which. All right. Sure. So <laughs> we won't, it's, it's so hard to tell people apart uh, in the band because right. you've all got, if you have long hair there, it's up, you're all wearing the <laughs> the caps. It's, it's all of that stuff. So I was trying to help, yeah. help people out to be able to point you out, but that's obviously not going to happen. But, um, <laughs> We talked about the fact that, you know, last year the band was still active. You were still doing shows. You will, were still putting things out there, um, especially on the Internet. But one of the other nice added benefits that I'm assuming goes along with this is that you are a rare Ohio State marching band member who is here for a sixth year. I'm assuming that extra year of eligibility was COVID related. Was it like kind of the same exact rules that all of the athletes had that that year was a wash? So you got to come back. Yep. Yeah. We were allowed to participate. And then it was just, you can come back if your life um, allows it and my life allowed it. So I took the chance. So are you, uh, you know, like one of those folks who is uh, taking six years to get one degree? Are you back for another one? What is your, uh, what is your academic path with this extra year of eligibility? Um, So the band has a program um, called extended, or I guess it's Ohio state extended education. Um, so I actually graduated in the spring already. Um, awesome. And I have a degree in neuroscience and a minor in pharmacy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's so much about the marching band that is fascinating because it is integral to so many people's perception of what Ohio state is, whether they are fans, alumni or not. Um, but I still think that it's a lot of it is kind of a mystery, even to the diehard Ohio State fans, the traditions, the like, like you said, the regimented schedules that you have, um, how much work it actually takes not only to be in the band, but to get in the band in the first place. If there was something that stuck out to you that was something that you thought that fans would be most surprised about the Ohio State marching band that they didn't know already, is there anything that comes to mind? I think one of the things that probably as a band that we we share that maybe not everyone else knows is how how deep the band culture really goes um like we have each each band like we're split up into rows and each of our rows has um mascots we have our own traditions that we carry out um we tend to spend a lot of time together outside of band practice um i think that the family that we make there um, is something that people may not really realize on the surface because we're all we all look the same on the screen, um, but we really are a family. And the way that we conduct ourselves and the way that we care about and um, hold each other up is uh, something that you may not always see on the field, but it's certainly present at all times when we're when we're together. So I think that's one special thing that I don't know that people would really be able to tell. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's true of. Uh, just marching band culture in general. Like I said, I was an, I'm an arts person. I've I was a, a high school theater teacher, so I worked a lot with the okay. uh, with a high school marching band, and the band did a, you know a lot of our shows. So like, uh, you spend so much time together, and it is hard not for that group to become uh, a family. And I I'm fascinated. I didn't realize that every row or section had a mascot. So. What is, I think you're part of row C, is that right? 
Yep. Or mm-hmm. C C row. Um, what is your mascot then? So we have a couple of different ones. Um, so since when you spell it out, C row is crow. Um, so we have uh, a crow that we have in the stands. He's a stuffed crow. He's not like taxidermied or anything. Um, and we wave him around on a little stand. Um, we also have a, um, mini crow that we can put on our finger, like a little puppet. Yeah. yeah um, got it. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot, but he's the main one. So is this where I think, is this where the banana, the big stuffed banana comes in? Is that a, a, a technically yes. a mascot? So what <laughs> row is that? Um, so that's K- Kelro, Kro, and Elro. Um, those are the sousaphone players, um, and they kind of share the banana. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's the one that I think people are, would would be most familiar with um, right. yeah. from there. So one of the things that I love about, and I haven't been to a game. I don't live in Ohio anymore. It's been seventeen years since I've lived in Ohio, uh, and I and I haven't gotten back. To, I mean, I've gotten back to games since then, but not in, in a number of years. But one of the things that I always loved is the band's interaction with the fans. And obviously, I don't know what the parameters are with that um, coming off of the game this past weekend, but when the band is normally allowed to do what they do, what is the, what is it like when a couple members just show up in a random section in C deck? Um, what is the response to that? Um, is that, I would almost be a little nervous being up there because of how (laughs) crazy everybody is, especially about the band. But what is that process like? And, and, and what is that like for the band members going into the fire? (laughs) <laughs> it is it's amazing um the people i mean i'm just a regular guy like i'm just a student but when when you put on that uniform and you get in that stadium you're like a celebrity like people want to yeah. take pictures with you i've taken pictures with little kids i've let little kids hold my instrument like they people love the band and we love them just as much right back it's incredible any uh any horror stories from going up and have you seen anything or anything crazy happened uh while you've been up there playing in some random section um actually just this weekend um we went to a random section and played for them and before we even started um a lady <laughs> she yelled at us that we were in her way and she couldn't see the play <laughs> Even though there was no play going on, um, yeah. she she told us to get out of the way because she was trying to watch the books. So, I mean, I can understand that, but, you know, that was the craziest thing I think has happened, honestly, and it was this week. So, <laughs> Gotta love fans. Uh, <laughs> how much, like, how... How like you mentioned the fact that like obviously this lady was far more interested in the game than the band was not uh, excited about the novelty of having you in her section. But right. I wonder, like, how much time are you as a student and i'm assuming as a fan of ohio state as well how how much are you able to actually focus on what's happening in the game obviously when you're moving around the stadium that's tough to do but like when you're in your section are you able to pay attention or are you waiting for you know the next song are you are you prepping are you getting ready what what's the atmosphere like for the band in relationship to the game that they are actually playing at So, um, it varies from person to person. Personally, I'm a huge football fan. So I am locked into the game a hundred percent the whole time. Um, as much as I can be, at least, um, the preparation for playing is pretty short. Um, so we don't really have to prepare too much so we can pretty much devote as much attention as we want to, to the game. 
you've now been this is your sixth year in the band obviously last year is a weird one Mm -hmm. do you have a a favorite memory um from your experiences in the band whether that's something that happened on the field a a trip you took a concert you did something that happened in the band room anything at all that's something that is appropriate because i know the band kids can always be uh, a little uh uh, a, a little scandalous at times, but um, is there anything that comes to mind as being a highlight that sticks out for you? The football band memory, I think, is um, the 2017 game against Penn State, where we had the huge comeback with JT Barrett in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and afterwards, um, the band played Staying Alive, which was part of our halftime show, either that <laughs> week or a previous week, because um, we were still alive for like the playoffs yeah, yeah, at that yeah. point. Um, I think that was my favorite memory because I, I mean, I couldn't speak at all, um, but I could use the horn. So I just, I just put all my emotion into that song and it was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think personal memory. Um, one thing that we do a uh, skull session before the, the before the uh, game, um, getting to play the Navy hymn um, for all the uh, military veterans um, is always a special moment. And uh for me personally, I always look to my mom when she's there um, just because she sacrificed so much for me to be in this position. Um, so that's something that I've always hold really dear to me is like the first the first time I ever got to look up and see my mom in the stands, uh, knowing all that she sacrificed for me to be here. That's awesome. Uh, you actually transitioned perfectly into what I wanted to finish with, and that is the yeah. skull session. Um, it, I, I, I'm an old man at this point. I've been around uh, sports and college sports for a long time. I have never seen anything like a, a skull session in my life. And it is one of the most unique, like, like I said, I've got a background in the arts. I, the fact that people pack this old sweaty arena <laughs> to watch the marching band warm up is one of the coolest and weirdest <laughs> things that I've ever scene as you've obviously been playing like you said trumpet for for your entire life you've gotten to i i'm sure interact with tons of other musicians from outside ohio state from other schools o- over the years how can you communicate how crazy and special that experience is from the band's perspective because fans love it. We understand that fans love it, but I don't understand. But what I don't know is, is necessarily why it is such a big deal um, at Ohio state where, and I know other schools, including like Penn state has kind of like borrowed the idea because of how uh, successful it is Ohio state. But like, what is it that makes that such a weird phenomenon that people are lining up and sitting for hours to watch y'all practice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is. It's very strange to think about when you think about it surface level. Um, but I think you kind of alluded to it um, just now. It's the fact that we, we, the band knows that all these people are specifically here to see us. Um, yeah. And like I said before, we love the fans as much as they love us. They, they are the reason that we are able to perform. They're the reason that we, um, do what we do and we love what we do. Um, and to know that all of these people are just cramming into this undoubtedly uncomfortable situation (laughs) just to see us warm up, um, is something it's endearing. Um, and it's something, it's a level of care, uh, 
an appreciation for the band that we recognize and we reciprocate it right back because we we appreciate them um, just as much for all they've do, they're doing just to be there. And can you put into words like how unique the relationship is between the band and the fans compared to I don't want to say necessarily compared to like a high school band, but like compared to like the other bands that maybe in the big 10 or that you interact with, like I'm, I'm sure every school loves their band, but like this has to be at a bonkers, weird high level. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I can't, I can't really say exactly what I, what it is. I think just, you know, Ohio state has been this storied football program for, for so long. And, um, I think that they appreciate that the band um, does the, our best to be the best uh, every single week. And we have um, like we we strive for excellence. That's one of our pillars, um, tradition of excellence. And I think that they recognize that and they see how hard that we work for for excellence and they they uh, appreciate that. So I think that's that's part of it. And the last thing, I'll wrap it up because you mentioned this, and I, I do want to at least give you a chance to explain this. You talk about how hard the band works and striving for excellence. Like, I, I think anybody who watches, like, understands how hard, at least theoretically, it must be to be as precise and to be as well-oiled of a machine as the marching band is. But if you could just kind of sum up what that work is, like whether it's like how many hours a week or how much drilling, like what is it that allows, I mean, I'm sure your section leaders and, and all of the different directors wouldn't say it's perfect, but like to the naked eye watching, it just looks like this perfect symbiotic (laughs) group um, that moves in unison and does crazy things at halftime. Like what is the work like to make that look normal? Mm -hmm. Um, It is, it is quite a bit. Um, If you take game day into account, a normal week for us is six days a week, probably about 20 to 23 hours of just rehearsal time. Um, And then we also have to memorize our music on our own to make sure that's up to par. Um, So you're looking at like about a part-time job. (laughs) Well, and... And it's actually similar to like the number of hours that the football team's allowed to practice. They're allowed to practice 20 hours a week plus film okay. sessions. So like you guys listening to, you know, or learning your music is like their film session. So, I mean, it actually is comparable to what the football okay. team is doing as well. I did not know that. That's super interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's, there's like the practice aspect. And then I think there's also a lot to be said about our culture. Um, like when it comes down to it, um, everybody knows that we're trying to put on the best show possible. Um, so I think that we do a really good job of getting emotions out of, out of making sure that it looks perfect. Um, like everybody knows that if you correct someone uh, to try to make it look better, um, it's not personal. Um, we're all just here to make it look as good as possible. And I think that that plays a big role into making sure that we, that we look as good as we do and we, don't, uh, we keep a great culture among ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Parker, this has been fascinating. As somebody who is the son of two Ohio State alums, grew up in Central Ohio, is an Ohio State alum, uh, the marching band has been 
a, a part of my life, my my entire life, and I still will never not tear up during the ramp entrance. I will never not tear up during Script Ohio. I still watch videos in the off season of the marching band just to get myself uh, uh, a, a little extra emotional. So uh, getting the opportunity to talk to you about this has been fascinating, and I, and I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate the opportunity. I love that. I love that um, you guys are doing this, and that you guys. Um, appreciate us and I appreciate you guys for for giving me this opportunity as well Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land in conversation. Also, thank you, of course, to the great Parker Stevens. I will have links to his social media in the show notes and on landgrantholyland.com. If you are finding this episode on the aforementioned website, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now that the season is here, we are cranking out one or two episodes every single day. And as basketball season approaches, we'll have even more. So don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find your quality audio programming. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.